this is becoming our new habit is that we do an intro for about 30 seconds. I screw it all up. I say scratch. And then I never actually go back and edit it out so that you can just hear all of the the flaws, but that's all right. You know, like a vinyl record, you hear the scratches and the hisses Dan, like an old, like an old who record. You hear all the good stuff. So welcome to the take the points college football podcast. This is our college football national championship preview. Alabama is taking on Ohio state in the national championship in Miami. And we're going to break it down over the course of this episode. I'm Tom. I'm here via zoom with Ryan and Dan out in Phoenix, Arizona. Gentlemen, anything you want to discuss in the football world, other teams, coaches, reflection on the first round games, Anything you want to get into before we get into the big preview? I'd like to congratulate the University of Texas for moving on from the hillbilly from Ohio and at least rolling the dice with Steve Sarkeesian. Tom, can you explain to our listeners the wager we have? Uh, uh, yes, yes. So I think our reactions to this differed. You know, you're a Texas fan now. Through some series of events, you uh, well, we know why. We know what the event was where you abandoned Penn State. But through some series, you became an Oregon fan, and then I think you were a fan of somebody else for a little bit, and then you settled on New the, Mexico. New Mexico, yeah, they, that was a transition team. You know, they were they were never meant to last. But you decided right. that your new team's going to be the Texas Longhorns and you've been a fan of them now, I would say what five, six uh, years. Yeah. So uh, even preceding the Tom Herman era, you know, you were there for Chaz strong. You're, you're a OG. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this was your team, but uh, you'd become, you'd soured on Tom Herman over the course of this season. Um, I still think that he is good. Well, good is a relative term. I think that uh, you could do worse and that the problems of Texas are not specifically related to Tom Herman, that they go uh, well beyond the coaching position. So uh, this is our bet. I said that uh, I didn't like the hire of Steve Sarkeesian. You said uh, it can't get worse. And so our bet is, uh, I said, Steve Sarkeesian will never make the playoffs as Texas head coach. Um, and I'll extend that to as head coach of any team. Um so I feel like that bet is weighted toward me. You know, it's essentially, I get the field, um, but we never discuss what we're actually going to bet. And uh, I was going to even um, make it a little easier on you where I was going to pick a also ran team in the other conferences that would make the playoff before Texas. I don't need any sympathy, Tom. It's a hundred dollars. You got a hundred coming if Sark is uh, relieved of his duties at Texas or quits on his own before making a playoff. If he makes a playoff, you need to send me one hundred dollars. That's the bet. Very yeah. simple. Yeah, I mean it's easy. It's easy on my end. If he ever makes a playoff, hundred dollars coming your way. Uh, when when he gets fired mid twenty twenty three. I will be yes. looking for that check. Well, after he makes the playoff next year and then goes six and five and then goes four and seven, then whatever. In all seriousness, 
I just like it because he has the Alabama credentials and he can recruit with that. And uh, that's the serious part of it. The non-serious part is that I'm going to basically talk about Sark the whole podcast and break down everything that's happened and all future things. Use Sark as an example. So um, nice to see the NFL playoffs get sorted out and Miami missed the playoffs to a not quite the same without Sark. We saw that already. We can only imagine what he's going to do to rejuvenate the Longhorns. Another thing we disagree about. I've seen, I've seen flashes from Tua that lead me to believe he could be a good NFL quarterback. Had he not had his first year in a pandemic year without preparation and a, a not great average team and bad coaching that's not really developing him. So he should go to L.A. ASAP. We'll see, Tom. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that wager. If it ever happens, it's going to be – I'm going to uh, – I'll spend that 100 in a very fun way. And after I send you the 100, I expect you to do the same and take photos of you spending $100 on something very oh, dumb. Yeah. It, it can, this money cannot be used on bills or other no. necessities unless, you know, we become no. very destitute in the next two years. But as long as we have a basic standard of living, it must be used on something funny and or, uh, you know, entertaining. All right. Even uh, if I'm homeless, you know, like I'll still spend that hundred on like, you know, rollerblades, like, you know, and like a hockey stick, just, just to make sure that I use it optimally. Uh, Ryan. You've sat there patiently while we've talked about this nonsense. Uh, anything you want to discuss? You are wearing a Clemson sweatshirt. Uh, I'm humbly wearing a Clemson hoodie. Uh, yeah, they got stomped, man. I was completely wrong uh, on both games. I said Alabama would roll and Notre Dame got the dreaded backdoor, the expected backdoor that you guys both knew was coming. Uh, and they I still suck, Clemson. though. I mean, you were still right about that, even though you might have lost the bet. Yeah, yeah, but I was still wrong, and I was really wrong about Clemson. My goodness, that was uh, an impressive ass whooping. I mean, that's that's what it was. No excuses. They got stopped. So, looking forward to this next one. It'll be interesting. In hindsight, probably not the best idea for Dabo to uh, taunt his competition. It didn't help. Don't did, poke the bear. Did he ever, he never really did that before. Did he? I don't remember Dabo what? ever like getting in someone's grill or teasing or taunting and like going He's out of his been way. An aw shucks. Good old boy. Yeah. But the problem is, is these, these, those guys have been, uh, let's say emboldened over the last, uh, little bit of time here in our country. So maybe he's gotten a little, you know, just a little bit of that arrogance going right now. A little of that untouchable MAGA juice. I don't know. I see Dabo. He always did goofy stuff, but it was never antagonistic before as long as I can remember. So um, maybe that's a good lesson that he shouldn't do that. Um, Yeah. You want to take a pick on who's going to be the next Jacksonville coach. We predicted Dabo was going to leave. Now Urban Meyer's in the mix. Ryan Day seems like uh, it's going to be a big time college coach. Makes sense for bringing in uh, Lawrence, right, and kind of getting some youth. I mean, Jacksonville has a second first round pick, right around twenty one or something like that. 
So, I mean, they could honestly take Lawrence and ETN both and be like, well, everyone can go fuck yourselves. We're definitely going 500 at least next year. So, like, it's the it's the best job ever. It's great. We're going to San Diego and work with Herbert in San Diego, which is a nice town. So, I'm going to say, yeah, uh, San Diego is one of the nicest cities in America. I'm going to amazing, by the way, can we talk about that for 20 seconds? We yeah. Can I brag about that again? Cause that was another debate we had uh, at the end of last totally year. Right, Tom. He, he looked like shit. Like every fourth week, like terrible. Couldn't even throw the football at Oregon. Looked horrible at Arizona. Just State. in his Could've... senior year though. I mean, he was so good for his first three. He was out drinking, I think, a lot senior year in college. I really think so. But a kid's got a ton of skill, and now he's just fucking shredding people in the NFL. It's another, it's another notch on the Willie Taggart bedpost. He just, <laughs> he right just leaves a trail of destruction everywhere he goes, including making it seem like Justin Herbert would, might be a bust. But he powered through. He got, the, he got rid of the Taggart cloud over his head, and now he can fly free. Neutering talent. Year after year. Ugh. Him and like Sumlin should get together. Sumlin, who's not taking another job still. I think he's going to just sit at home and take that uh, contract money, buy out cash, and just chill. Just go to Hawaii for like two years. Offensive coordinator, Hawaii. No, just live on the beach. <laughs> oh, not even <laughs> coach. So just much- go there. <laughs> No, 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 no. Just to sit on the beach and drink. Just just drink. I was oh, with Dan. Oh. I'm like, I thought I was shooting high. I was like, oh, head coach of Hawaii. Sounds good. Grantham's kind of sucked out there. Your Dan's like, uh, OC at best. <laughs> Ryan, you're like, uh, he's not coaching, but there's some tiki huts that might have him be oh, a... I meant go to Hawaii guest. just at no other part B. Yeah, he'll be a he'll be a guest bartender at the Black Bear with like Danny from Real World Season Seven. It's gonna be. Great. <laughs> he works Tuesday, Friday night at the Tiki Hut. That's it. He's gonna disappear. To close. He's gonna disappear to Hawaii for like three years, like Brian Wilson. He's gonna come back looking like Art Shell. It's gonna be like four hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Future Sumlin. Let's keep keep tabs on him. He's going to be like 375. Like, hey, remember me? I coach Johnny football. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because this this seems extremely likely. Um, Any any other coaching carousel news we should talk about? Yeah, there's all kinds of. We got Auburn hired the Boise State coach. His two coordinators are... Who? Derek, Mike Derek Bobo. Mason oh, yeah. and Bobo, yeah. Mike, yeah, Derek Mason. We'll see about that. That's a risky combo. <laughs> we'll I, they're they're, they're guys with, let's say, mixed results. That's a bold strategy, I believe. <laughs> I believe that's the meme right there. Bold strategy going with Mahorson and those two. Um, what else did I see that I liked or didn't like? I would um, say I, I liked Hartson's like, opening speech at Auburn. Uh, where he's basically was like, if you're not a millionaire, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, let's see. We had Kellen Mond say he's coming back for his next year, his 12th year, but then actually no, I think he, the oh, okay. one day later. Yeah, he's he's out of there. Because everyone was going to go crazy if we had COVID and Mond in 2021. We can only choose one or the other. 
James uh, Skalski um, of Clemson famously ejected in the last game. He says he's coming back for not season five, season six. This is this is a deep cut, but this is the the Dan Conley air. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Dan Conley's sophomore year, the sixth year. That was a very I mean, important season. Who do we joke about? You know, Taysom Hill and all these other like six, seven year guys, but like we're just kind of using hyperbole for a lot of them. A lot of them are just four year starters, or occasionally you get the fifth year guy, but how many guys actually have played for six years? Not many. Very few. It's it's hard. You There's gonna be multiple knee sur- surgeries or like Joseph Joseph Smith. Sorry. There's going to be a ton next year with this COVID thing, with, with everyone just automatically getting an extra year. You're going to see a ton of guys now. Like We're going to see a pile of records get shattered because these guys get an extra year. Like, it's going to pour a lot of True. Oh, I didn't, didn't think about that. Yeah. You know, a lot of returning players. But just not just like records. Like Guys are going to rush for like 6,500 career oh, yeah. yards, and you're like, how the hell did you do that? And you're like, oh. Way back in 2020, remember they had that extra season and he played six years. Yeah, yeah. Like, why Why is Brees Hall the leading rusher in college football history? He's going to be, yeah. Yeah, because he's going to play five years and be a five-year starter. And he's going to get, like, 600 carries a season. It's outrageous. Yeah, I never thought about that, but that's 100% right. Yeah, Penn State just had a, a really good cornerback, so he's coming back again. But these guys got to be smart, man, and just, like – Realize, especially like running backs and like guys in the trenches, like your career is limited in the pros. Like you only have so many years and so many collisions in your like life. So like, you know, that's why these Alabama running backs for so many years were busting the NFL because Saban just ran them into the dirt against like fierce SEC defenses every week. Now, he always has like three running backs. They're playing crazy spreads. It's not the same SEC and like, but then now it's like, that's the big 10. That's why these big 10 running backs, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, just like they ran him into the dirt and he's just got nothing left by like his fourth year in the pros. He's just done. Yeah. Our uh, younger listeners might not realize this, but uh, there was a time when the SEC was good at defense. Believe it or not, way back in 2010, they did not give up many points. I recall seeing a 9-6 to six game, famously. Oh, great 9-6 to six game. Amazing game. All right, uh, I think it's time to get into it, and then we can add additional thoughts on other stuff You know, after we talk about it. But let's not delay any longer. The college football national championship game allegedly being played Monday, January 11th, but... We will talk about that as well. Um, We're recording this on Thursday night, so we're about four days out. Ohio State, your four seed, four seed, they're the three seed. Covers.com, get your shit together. Uh, The three seed, Ohio State, knocked off Clemson, and now they will face the number one, Alabama, Crimson Tide, who uh, dispatched Notre Dame. So 8 p.m., Miami, uh, Ohio State 7-0, 4-3 against the spread this season. Alabama, 12-0, 8-4 12-0, and 8-4 and against the spread this season. The line opened at 7 uh, for Alabama and has moved up to minus 8. The over-under opened at 76, and I'm seeing it now at 75. So let's just go with that. 
uh, for the purposes of this, but obviously by game time, those could change. Minus eight and over under 75. Uh, who would like to begin? I'll start, Tom. It's kind of a yearly tradition, I guess. Um, okay, wow, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, firstly, I kind of want to go back to last week. You can't really uh, gather much information out of the Alabama-Notre Dame game. I think the Alabama game plan was exactly what you saw in the field to win a game by 18 to 25 points, very conservative, not a lot of uh, huge explosive plays, very conservative. They just didn't want to turn the ball over and have a fluke game where they had two fumbles and two picks and were minus four and lost. Um, You know, I don't think Ohio State's going to look at a lot of the film, honestly, from last week. It's going to help them at all. So you can kind of throw that out. On the other side, obviously, I think Ohio State threw everything they had at Clemson to win that game, which they should have. Um, So I think Alabama will look a lot at that film. Um, So Ohio State's going to have to make some adjustments for sure uh, to be ahead. Um, Some matchups and some things that are interesting in this game to me. Najee's been unbelievable all year. He's been unstoppable. But you have to like the way Ohio State played ETN last week. He play, they, they played ETN amazing. I mean, that's as good as anyone's played ETN in ever that I've ever seen. Um, so great jobs, the scheme, the tackling, all that stuff. Uh, they had them in control. They kept it, you know, they stayed in their lanes. Um, this game is eerily similar to me to the Miami-Ohio State National Championship from 2003. Like, really, really, really similar. You have a supposed team in Alabama, like Miami, that's unstoppable, blows everyone out, cannot be beaten. And then you have this Ohio State team, like Ohio State, who has been a bit under the radar. They were undervalued last week. They came off a super impressive performance. Um, I feel like if these two teams played each other 10 times, Alabama wins the game eight or nine times. But in a one-off spot in a national title game, the amount of penalties that get called, the amount of skill on both teams. I mean, Ohio State's got skill. They got crazy skill all over the field to do what they did against Clemson. Um, I think the spread's too high. I'm going to take Ohio State in the eight for sure. Um, I like the under as well. I don't think that in a national title game, there's this many points. I've been wrong before. I've seen, I've called a lot of unders in national titles recently and been wrong. Uh, at least those totals were in the fifties and sixties, but this one at least is 77 or 75 or some shit like that. So um, I'm going to go Alabama with a, with a, with a squeaker win uh, 33 to 31 but Ohio State uh, neck and neck the whole game. That's my pick. So are you? will you bet the under? Uh, no, I probably won't. I think I'm just going to take Ohio State pretty large again like last week, uh, just plus the points. Just keep it real simple. If you can keep it within a touchdown or win the game, you win your bet, and I think they do. I don't think, I don't think Alabama's going to hammer Ohio State by, by any more than – at max 14 points. I think that's the absolute max, but um, we'll see. So would I, I'll, I'll stick with you for a minute and then we'll go to Ryan. Uh, you know, what kind of like matchups or players will you be looking at? 
Um, I want to see who can cover Devontae Smith. Obviously, the Heisman Trophy winner. Congratulations. Um, you know, Clemson, unfortunately, didn't have the, um, you know, big play wide receiver that they normally do. I think they really missed Ross. Having him out for the year, for sure, was a loss. And again, their offensive coordinator is out. I mean, I think when you lose the offensive coordinator, I think I think it only really impacts like red zones and third down calls. You know, it's not so much, you know, schemes or schemes. It's easy to call a first down, a second, uh, you know, a second down play in the middle of the field, but it's those hard moments. And Clemson struggled on those third and fours, third and fives all game. Like they just didn't have like the perfect play to go to. And again, you know, I, I think he's coaching, but, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure he is. You have an Alabama offensive coordinator who just took another job, taking a huge job at Texas. You know, I mean, are they really going to blow him out? I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with it at all, but I think it can only be a negative. That's all I'll say about that, really. But, um, yeah, I'm looking to see who can cover Devontae. I'm trying to see if anyone can cover Chris Olave and those wide receivers. Um, Trey Sermon looks like fucking Eddie George on PCP. Um, he was unbelievable uh, last week, and his running with the Ohio State O line just frees everything up. I mean, if if, if he's going to run for five six yards a, a clip plus, then I mean, with Alave and that freshman, and they got all kinds of weapons, they can do damage. And this Alabama defense, flat, you know, to be honest, also got completely tore up against Florida a couple weeks ago. Florida still dropped 46. I know it was a little bit like, well, we have a lead and play a little prevent, but, you know, I think Ohio State's offense is just as good as Florida's, you know, and so, and their defense is way, way, way better. And that was an eight point game. So hard not to take the eight again. All right, uh, Ryan, let's go over to you. Kick it out. Kick it off in any way you see fit. Yeah. Um, no, I think Dan made a lot of good points there. Um, I agree with a, a bunch of it. But the one thing that kind of I keep coming back to is like before Trev two years ago in the title game, before that though, like, and even Trev being pretty mobile, that was always like the thing, right? That's how you beat a save in defense is you have the mobile quarterback. And I just keep coming back to fields just not being a hundred percent. Like there's no way he's a hundred percent healed from, from that game. Like props to him for playing. Like we made a lot of jokes about uh, coach Kilmer, making him understand. Well, but, he, he confirmed you know, he, did. He, he, he was legitimately hurt and, I don't think he's fully going to be fully recovered. And, you know, Clemson was missing their middle linebacker who called their defense for the second half. And they were missing their safety who calls all their coverages for the first half. So like, again, Ohio state was better. I don't know if those two players make a difference, but I know that Alabama has studs in those spots, you know, Dylan Moses, is really, really athletic. He's way more athletic than any linebacker on Clemson. And I think that's going to help with, with Sermon on those edge rushes. So he's not going to be able to turn the corner as much. He's still going to get chunks. Like he's super talented, but I don't think he's going to gash them for like 180. I think the, the 
Alabama's corners like to tackle. They don't mind getting dirty. Sertan is a beast. He's like 6'2 as a corner. Like he's a big dude and like, he's not afraid to get in there. So um, I think that's the number one thing that I kind of, for me, the big factor is that I don't think Fields is going to be a rushing threat. And I think Alabama's linebackers are athletic enough to prevent Sermon from really dominating the game and the clock. So for that, I'm leaning Alabama. Um, and as far as a prediction, I'm going to go ahead and say 45-33. Bama covers with a slight, slight over. But, you know, something like 41-31 is totally in play, too. So it could – the over-under, I think, is exactly right for uh, for kind of what I'm thinking. But 45-33, I'm going to say, and uh, it's a slight over. So I pulled it up. I wanted to read the quote verbatim because we were, uh, you know, texting and laughing about the Bud Kilmer thing. But then Fields told reporters after the game, this quote cracked me up so much. Quote, they didn't really tell me anything. I took a shot or two and just ran back out there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, this used true. to be like a controversy and now he's just like, it reminds me of um, like lip syncing, you know, like Millie Vanilli's career ended because they were lip syncing and now almost every act does it all the time. And they're just like, yeah, we lip synced, whatever. We had a backing track. Sometimes the honesty is the best policy. All right, Todd, let's hear it. All right. Let me put this keyboard to the side and lean in. All right. Uh, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Um, so many like different thoughts that, um, don't really tie together. Um, I guess I'll say first off, um, there have been rumors about the game potentially being pushed back and there are, uh, I don't know if you even call it rumors, like some Ohio state players have COVID issues and, um, Ohio state and Alabama both want to play, but the big 10 as a conference is um, asking about the possibility of pushing the game back. I don't know how serious this is, but um, not the steal. Any, yeah, yeah. A- any, um, Research going on. all uh, input I give right here. I'm basing this on full strength <clears throat> versus full strength. Okay. So obviously anyone should monitor all of these different situations, you know, just as you have for any other game this year, there's just so many factors. And like, if we find out that, um, you know, certain units, like I've heard a rumor that it's the Ohio state defensive line that's having COVID issues. If that is the case and you know, two of those guys say can't play, it changes the entire dynamic of, you know, the game and like what I'm about to say. So, um, Full strength versus full strength. Keep that in mind as I make this prediction. Um, I think Ohio State's going to win this game outright. And here is my reasoning. Um, aside from the fact that I picked them at the end of last year and I just want to stick to my <laughs> stick to the pick, um, I think you compare it to O2, I think there are some similarities. But what I really uh, find similar is the first year of the playoff, 2014 into 2015, the Cardale Jones year when, because of that quarterback situation, everyone kind of counted them out. And I feel like there's the same thing happening this year 
because of the short schedule and limited uh, tape, everyone's counting them out when in fact um, they are not only as talented as Alabama, which I'll get into in this in a second, but they are peaking at the right time. Um, but before I do that, I'm going to pause cause I'm watching the baby monitor and it's beeping. And so that's going to get real annoying. So hang on, be right back. Time out. It's Sark in the other room. TCZ is mad that he's going to pick Ohio state. TCZ I'm wants to talk about his wide receiver. That's 23 to one to win the Heisman. That's right. Yo, if that was 230 to one, that's the worst bet ever. The chance of a pit wide receiver winning the Heisman. Z's probably just going to leave this running too. That'd be the most part. Oh yeah, this is all you have to The chance of a pit wide receiver winning the Heisman at twenty-three to one is the most ludicrous odds ever invented by Nevada sportsbooks. Did you see that, Tom? I saw the odds, but I didn't see a pit wide receiver at twenty-three yeah. to one. Twenty-three to one pit wide receiver. Well, that's ridiculous. Since one wide receiver won since 1991, and it was this year, and it was a freak year, and he was had one of the greatest performances of all time in the second, probably second most prolific offense of our entire lifetime. And he needed, you know, his fellow wide receiver, unfortunately, to go down uh, in order to like have more chances in the offense. So I, what I'm saying is like one of the greatest college wide receivers of all time playing in one of the greatest offenses of all time with a freak year, barely won the Heisman. And so if you're telling me a pit wide receiver is going to win it next year, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and respectfully disagree. Although he will have a, a future Dallas Cowboys backup quarterback, probably throwing to him. 23 to one seems a little light on the odds. Should be twenty three hundred to one, would be accurate. Still too too light. They're going to lose to Penn State week two. The the rejuvenated Penn State. So he'll be the rejuvenated of- Penn State already tagging them. That, that's the twenty twenty one Penn State Nittany Lions slogan. This year didn't happen. Penn State football <laughs> twenty twenty never happened. Neither did twenty eleven. Lots of years didn't happen. There's a couple of years that didn't go down in Penn State history. There's, they would like to erase from the scribe. There's several. Yeah. Many. 2021, take the points. Hashtag rejuvenation. Reju- rejuvenation. All right. Uh, I'll pick up where I left off, I suppose. Um, although I don't remember exactly where that was. Uh, did I say Ohio State's going to win the game outright? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let me start with the over under. I think it's high and it's a really, it's tough to bet that in a national championship game where, you know, there might be nerves for the first few drives possibly, but I think this is one of those games where you're killing yourself. If you bet the under, like it's going to not work, be worth the, the constant, like sweating it out and headache of, of sitting there. And if Mac Jones throws a TD, like three plays in, and then Fields comes down and does a seven play drive and it's 14 or it's, you know, seven, seven, 14 points total with like, you know, two and a half minutes into the game, you're going to feel like shit. 
So don't do that to yourself. You know, you can, you can bet the over if you want to have a little fun, do a small wager or stay away, I think are the only two options. Um, but let's get into the matchups. Um, I think Ohio state is, is, uh, peaking at the absolute right time. And there's several reasons for that. Obviously one is Justin Fields coming off his, uh, best game of his entire career, a game that's going to go down in Ohio state lore. And, um, the, the confidence he and the team have from just, uh, walloping Clemson, I think is going to be immense. Um, but sermon is one of the biggest reasons. I mean, that's what they were lacking. That's the reason Ohio state now looks like on par with Alabama, as opposed to a team that was undefeated, but like, you know, barely beating Indiana or, or, you know, not quite destroying Penn state. Um, it's the rushing of sermon. They didn't really have, um, a usual Ohio state upper elite rusher. And then this guy, as you said, Dan is just, uh, hitting like, like creating gaping holes. And, um, I mean, it's, it's really impressive. It reminds me of like some of the best running I've seen in Ohio state history. Some, uh, it sounds like a joke to say it now, but like Maurice Claret or something like that, you know, Yeah. back in the good old days. Um, uh, it just adds a whole new dynamic to a team that was already the best in their conference. So I don't think that Alabama, especially, even though I would put Najee as, you know, like a potential for top 20 NFL pick, I don't think Alabama particularly has a rushing advantage in this game. I think the quarterbacks are basically even, and I think Olave is close enough to Devonte Smith and the, um, the emergence of Rucker, the giant tight end on Ohio state, who I think will be uh, in play again against Alabama, I think somewhat neutralizes the very slight edge that Alabama might have in the receivers. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Sark leaving, you've got to think at least his mind is somewhat elsewhere, even if it's 5%, that's really critical. You know, he must be doing recruiting visits if nothing else. Or you know, hitting the phones or something like that. Whereas, um, if if we look back at Alabama's dynasty, most of the years they went to the national championship and didn't win, there was some kind of offensive coordinator uh, transition, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like the year Lane stayed, I think they won, and then the year Lane left, I think they lost, and um, yep. you know, the same thing can be said of other years. So I, I think um, first year of Sark they lost too. The first year that they had Sark, they were supposed to win it all and they didn't. So now on Sark's last year, they're definitely going out a loser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't Sark come in like mid-season or or during the playoffs? Something. Yeah, he something. came in with a cocktail. I'll tell you that much. I, I, I'm going to avoid. I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and uh, avoid that topic for now. But no. Nope. Um. Okay. So I I think the receiving core is as good. And I think, um, when you look at the defenses, I'll take Ohio state's D line. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I think Alabama has slight edge at linebackers and then a slight edge at corner. As we've said, I don't think Wade, Sean Wade, his stock has dropped faster than I think any player in history. He was like a, he was a, he was a top 10 pick two weeks ago. And now yeah. mid second round, maybe. I don't know. 
who knows in in a in a 21 point win i think his stock dropped by a round and a half so figure that one out um but here's what i really want to talk about ryan this continues something we were talking about uh last week we were having a, a friendly debate over like what wins ball games in 2020 2021 like quarterback play or is it the guys in the trenches you know like it used to be and i think the answer is fairly clear is that you need both. Like we were both right and both wrong, you know, and these teams both have great quarterbacks, but Ohio state dominated Clemson on the O and D line in a way that um, was shocking to me for two upper echelon team, like two of the best three programs in the country. They that shouldn't be that kind of utter domination. Their D line uh, rush Lawrence in a way that I've never seen. Now I know some of that was because he was playing catch up and they knew it was obvious throwing situations, but even earlier in the game, they got him out of rhythm. They rushed him. Um, they did an amazing job against ETN, as you pointed out, Dan and, uh, Justin Fields played amazing. No one is going to question that. But one of the reasons he was able to do so is the Ohio state offensive line gave him all day. I mean, all, it was incredible. Uh, for a game that caliber, like Clemson had no rush uh, pretty much the whole game. And so I see that continuing. I think Ohio State's D-line, they might not have anyone, you know, Alabama might have guys who are going to be better NFL players, but as a whole unit, I think Ohio State has a better defensive line. And I think they both have incredible offensive lines, but Alabama, as we may remember from two two games ago, not two weeks ago, but they lost their um, All American center who was just who just won the um, I forget the name. Is it like the Rickman Trophy or something like that? Yeah. So he just was named the best center in the country, and he's gone for the season, unfortunately. So I think that's I think that's going to catch up with them. And I think um, do you guys think Waddle's going to play? I mean, there's allegedly he's practicing. Yeah. I think he's going to play like 10 or 15 snaps. He'll play like uh, what Rob Woodson did in the Super Bowl back in 95. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking he's in eight, eight plays as a decoy, not enough to really significantly alter the game. Um, I think those two injuries are going to be what really cost Alabama the game. We talked about this way back when Waddle got injured that like, they'll probably still cruise through the sec and they'll be okay without them. But at some point it might catch up to them. And I think this might be the point where they are going to desperately need that, you know, second elite weapon, or I guess third elite weapon, if you count Najee. Um, and I think because Wade has been struggling, if they had to go one-on-one against Waddle and Smith, I think it would be too much. But the fact that he's out, or I'm guessing he'll be out, um, Wade can cover Devonte Smith with help on nearly every play, which I think they absolutely have to do. I think they have to shade that safety over on 85, 90% of plays. And if they can do that and they can get the kind of pressure from the D line, um, assuming those guys don't have COVID and miss the game and they can protect, you know, two thirds as well on the offensive line as they did um, against Clemson. And if, you know, Sermon can continue to rush well and they can just continue to play the, the way they have been over the last three or four games, 
which I think is a fairly good sample size that they can do it. I think Ohio State can and will win the game. So my pick is Ohio State uh, 41, Alabama 37. Okay. That sounds like a hell of a fun game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going, again, I think it's going to be right around that 75 number. I think that what I just said would put them over, right, by a point or by three points. Yeah, excuse me, 78. You and I exactly had 78. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see this game get to uh, 85 or 90. I think, you know, if it isn't over, it's going to be an over by three points. So that's why I'm a little hesitant to bet that. I'll probably throw, you know, 10 bucks on it just for fun. But, yeah, um, what I'll be putting money on is uh, Ohio State plus eight for sure. And uh, probably I'll probably do two bets, one on plus eight and one on the money line. And uh, I'll probably look for some props. Um, Ruckert, the tight end, I want to see, like, catches or yards. You know, if that's coming in at like, you know, 47 yards and three catches or something, I think uh, I'm going to place a bet on that. Um, And uh, I'll be looking at Sermon rushing yards as well. And then I'll look at Devontae Smith, of course, too. Because even double teamed, I think he's getting 100 yards for sure. Yeah, I think it's about 145 no matter what. Yeah, I mean, you'd get 300 if it was weighed one-on-one. He's going for 200 in this game. Might happen. If there's a, yeah, I mean, if there is, um, you know, one of those scaled bets where you can like pick the exact number or the range of what he gets, I might place a small wager on him getting something absurd, like 220 yards. I'll pay out. Yeah. You can probably make a, a alternate line over 200 yards. This is, um, it just, I just want to say like, this really is an incredible collection of talent in this game. And Clemson had a great level of talent too. And for a year that I think has been a pretty down year in college football, um, we got the two best teams that are just loaded in the championship game. So I think we got the championship game we deserve for sure. Even if the rest of the season, I think kind of sucked to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get, sure. we'll get into that on the recap uh, season wrap-up. Next week's going to be great. Next week's the best show of the year. Yeah, and when the game gets postponed to uh, Monday, January 18th, we'll have another preview next week. Extra recap. Or, we'll, or what we'll do is we'll just talk about like Blink-182 for four minutes, and then we'll uh-huh. replay the exact same episode with like a new uh, pop culture thing at the end and call it a new episode. No one will know. No. See if anyone's paying attention. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about in the you know ten or so minutes we got left? I want to talk about what happened in the Capitol quickly yesterday. Uh, Virginia Tech's backup quarterback transferred to Tennessee. That's what happened. So you know I don't know if that's going to put Tennessee over the top next year, but we'll um, have to wait and see. Tennessee just announced today a hiring freeze, which That's have, right. which many people many second. people thought that was like you talk about my Xenon drops, like yes. we're announcing a hiring freeze. Oh, mm. wink, mm. wink, mm. an H freeze, mm. a hiring. I mean, Hugh. I mean, uh, mm. interesting. So yeah, that's so that's all I want to talk about about the cap. But yeah, uh, very interesting about freeze as well. Ryan, 
other topics on your mind? No, just Josh Allen's on my mind, and that's always that's that's just all it is. Josh Allen on his mind. The Bills are gonna win, boys. Don't worry. I love it. I love that they got the shitty one o'clock time slot on Saturday. One thing I've learned about elite athletes like Michael Jordan or Josh Allen is that they any potential slight makes them play great. Uh, Justin Fields and, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes being a great example of that last week. They need all these like pseudo slights that wouldn't actually offend a real person, but for an elite athlete is the greatest travesty of their entire life. And so I'm going to say that being the one o'clock Saturday, the worst time slot of the weekend for such an exciting young team, I I think we're going to consider that a slight and we're going to use that to roll over the Colts. I, I like your guys' confidence. I, I enjoy it. Um, we'll see. I, I'm not one to uh, make bold predictions about the Bills, but I think this is the year we win a playoff game. Yeah. Um, I, I, so my brother obviously is a big Bills fan too, and he has two uh, kids who are now uh, 11 and 12. And so they're like, they're at that age where they're huge into football and they love the Bills, of course. And uh, for Christmas, they got a Stefan Diggs jersey, and uh, I forget what the other one got, but, you know, some other player. Um, But I was telling them stories about the 90s Bills um, and, you know, some good stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, brainwashing them about how the Music City Miracle is a forward lateral and all that. But the one they loved is uh, when my brother was roughly their age. And the Bills lost uh, that Giants Super Bowl, the the most heartbreaking one. We had Bills wallpaper in the room we shared, and he got so mad he yelled, "I hate the Bills!" And he started ripping the wallpaper off the wall. But he like wasn't tall enough to really get it, so he had to like jump off the bed, grab the wallpaper, and hang, and just slowly like pull it down. He only got like you know this much, like two inches of it actually off the wall. But my nephews like really enjoyed that story. So I'm pretty sure they've been teasing him for like two weeks about that. It's, it's nice work. You know, you gotta, when you get a chance to embarrass him, you gotta embarrass him. You gotta let him know that you're the cool uncle. We've learned Ryan, we've learned as bills fans, like you can never let a moment pass. Cause you know, you never know when you get another chance. So like, what are your favorite lifetime bills moments or, you know, what are you thinking about reflecting on going into this game? We got, we got 25 years of heartbreak. Uh, well, we got a lifetime of heartbreak, but especially Life, the last 25 years. Lifetime of heartbreak. It's true. Um, I mean, what will I remember? I mean, there's this random, I don't know, there's a lot of random memories. The ones that are like the best are like just the K-Gun offense, how cool that was. Like we had the coolest offense. Like even guys that didn't like weren't Bills fans would like, play as the bills in video games because they just have the coolest offense. Like it was like how everyone loves Texas tech, you know, back in the Mahomes era, even if you're from, you know, Connecticut and you have no affiliation. Like that was really cool. Defense always had like just awesome guys that were like super intense on the field, but like always smiling off the field. Like I always remember like Bruce Smith and Daryl Talley and Cornelius Bennett, like always smiling, like, 
meanest mother effers on the field and then just like always smiling on the sideline. Like that's like a super vivid memory. And then, you know, obviously you can't talk about the Bills without Steve Tasker's giant helmet is like the coolest thing ever. Like having the dual, the giant double helmet was just the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I'm Kelso so, had that, right? Was that? Oh yeah, Mark, Mark Kelso. Kelso. Sorry, Mark Kelso, not a Tasker. I just see so many Tasker things these days. Double helmet, I forgot about that. Tasker's Mark great Kelso. too, but yeah, the Mark Kelso double helmet. Yeah. Which probably didn't hel- probably didn't protect you as well as a normal helmet today. No, no. And then I just like how that, that was the way they dealt with concussions in the nineties. They're just like slap an extra helmet on top of the one he's got. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, it doesn't fit. I'll just cut it in half then and give him the top half. So he it's looks like fine. fucking toad from Mario brothers. He, he's got a wife. She can make change for him at the grocery store. It'll be okay. Now, do we know what Mark Kelso's doing these days? Cause if he's like, you know, a chess grandmaster, Oh, I was going to say if, if he's like a, you know, if he's like written 20 books or if he's like a chess wizard or a rocket scientist, then we know that like probably every other NFL player probably had their brain bashed in and lost 30 points of IQ. You know what I mean? Like if he's significantly above everyone else, then perhaps there's I, something I just, to I just it. Picture him as being like the uncle from breaking bad, like sitting in a wheelchair, ringing a bell to talk like that's you know like that's just what i think of when i think of of that like i hope i'm wrong i hope he's healthy and fulfilled but like the guy had so many head injuries they doubled up his helmet just so he could keep playing like he wasn't a big guy like he i don't know i hope he's well next week i'll have an update for everybody all right, some more hot Mark Kelso talk next week. I'll, I'll quickly say, like, it feels like a celebratory moment. So my my things I think about, you know, random Bill's memories. The time uh, Rob Schneider on SNL did that sketch of the copy guy, and he talked about the K-Gun offense. That's when I knew we'd gone big time. Uh, the scientist who studied the Music City Miracle and determined through like scientific testing that it was a forward lateral. The fact that that just occurred, you know, that it happened at all just makes me laugh so much. And then obviously, you know, this one's more well-known, but going through the tables and the fans and uh, it's funny, you're, you're talking about the nineties and it just reminds me of, you know, like finally they're good again and they're good uh, in the same way. Like their offense is super exciting they have young dynamic players and they're just out there like having so much fun. And, uh, I credit that to the fan base. Like even in all the years they sucked, the thing I always said was like, yeah, we're one of the worst teams, but like we have the best fans in the entire NFL and we always have. And our fans going four and 12 are way happier than the Pats fans winning six Super Bowls. That's true. Way, way, way happier. That's very true, Tom. So uh, to quote the great Herm Edwards, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, we are champions of life. That was Herm who said that, right? Or was that like Derek Dooley? Um, I think, I think one of the, or I think uh, Butch Jones might've had a similar quote. 
That is Butch Jones. Butch Jones said Champions of Life because we were going to get the trash can shirt with Champions of Life on the back. Okay, so it was Butch Jones, but then Herm said something else. Herm said, said I don't know who to start. Damien Heward, Brody Coyle. Brody Coyle, Damien Heward. That's what Herm said. He also said, I don't, I don't want to talk about no devils, right? I also said devils. Can we get? I don't want to talk about no devils. Can we? Can we end with a Herm watch? Because I don't know what Herm's been doing this year. He's been out of the national spotlight due to the COVID schedules and the Pac-12 having a late shortened season. You know, you guys. Win the Pac-12 next year. The average person not in Pac-12 territory, like me, I don't think heard about Herm one second this season. So, just give me give me an update. What happened this year of note? Herm's just living life, man. He's playing a lot of golf with Marvin Lewis. Uh, you know, he's got a sophomore quarterback who uh, he's ready to take the leap next year. Really good recruiting. They've been crushing California. Um, getting like five-star like wide receivers from LA that like they should not be getting. So uh, yeah, Antonio Pierce is, is killing the recruiting in California. Herm allegedly figured out Zoom. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's enjoying that there's no golf course lockdowns here in sunny Arizona. One last question. Most of the next year stuff we'll save for our final episode, but I want a prediction from each of you. Who will be the next uh, departed coach? to join, uh, to be put in a cage by Nick Saban and become a quote-unquote special assistant coordinator locked in the Nick Saban dungeon and wheeled out on game days. Oh, they already said that it's already been Adam out. Gase? Yeah. I thought Gase was, was potential OC. I'm saying Adam Gase will be assistant to the offensive play calling or something next year. Like, he gets to just chill on his iPad and wear a polo shirt. That's what you do year one. Then year two, you get to like actually like show up to practice, and they and they, they they walk you. It's a, it's it's a five year rehab. Yeah, I mean, there's That's guys hard. like like where's like Derek Dooley? He was one of those guys, right? I swear to God, like some of those guys just fall off the earth. They go in the Nick Saban holding pen, and then they're just never heard from again. Yeah, he must have acted up. And so, of some of them, some of them come out. Like some of them, it's rehab, and some of them, it's just like Guantanamo. G-Bay. It's, you know, you got to make, you got to keep Coach Nick happy. And if you don't, he shang songs you. Well, Nick Saban, still the greatest, even though, uh, you know, he's got a couple rivals, Ryan Day and Dabo again, but he still proves to be the best. So I guess we'll end on that note, unless either of you has anything else you want to add. All right. No, I'm good. Enjoy the national championship, everyone. It's the game we deserve as Americans. We'll have uh, one more episode uh, in a week, roughly, and uh, that'll be a good one, too. So tune in. And good night, everyone.